I feel like I kind of uh, struck a nerve earlier today. With some developers or with the manager? No, with you. Oh, what what happened? <laughs> oh, I called you a diva, and you seemed like you were uh, you didn't you didn't agree with my my findings. Why am I a diva now? <laughs> well, you know, you tend to like to buck what everybody's supposed to be doing because it's not convenient. The fuck are you talking about? Oh, as far as with respect to process. Well, sure. Like, like <laughs> you feel like you're baiting me here. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do anything like that. What did, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> All right, fair point. Moving on. <laughs> but I want to hear your point of view on this, Holden. What? Uh, what do you mean? Well, I want you don't agree with me. I want to hear your side of it. Well, uh, what don't I agree with? I don't know that you're that you're not a diva. Yes. <laughs> I don't. I think if I performed a poll, I feel like I'd be on the winning side of that poll. Does this have to do with the 34-inch curved monitor that showed up in my <laughs> desk yesterday? Well, I think you do have the most expensive overall setup in the office at this point, and you don't even <laughs> work there. <laughs> well, not yet. I'll be back soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really curious to know what this is about. Clearly, you've had some other conversations. You don't have to name names, but clearly there's been some do- conversation happening around this. And there seems to be some sort of consensus. Well, I mean, I think Bowley would agree with me. Oh, well, he's young. He's no young and impressionable. I wouldn't really worry about that. <laughs> I, uh, no, I don't have any further findings other than my own professional examination, which is really all I need. Oh, my goodness. I mean, what, what more could you ask for? You asked me if I was a diva because... Because why? Because I didn't want to go to that meeting. Because you didn't want to listen to, uh, what was the words you used? The professor. The uh, Yeah, I was going to say the instructor, but yeah. Ah! Look, I just, you know, want to restrict my, my meetings to only necessary. Well, good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah, all right, well. I don't think I think we're just gonna have to agree to disagree here. I'll uh I'll talk you into it. Don't worry. I'll say I'll say this much. I feel like I don't feel like I'm much of a complainer. Now I complain to you, I vent to you. But I feel like I feel like the other divas, you know, they always got something going on. They got a plumbing project, they got like a fucking Ooh. Oh not you. I didn't that was not a dick on oh. you. Oh no. <laughs> I really wasn't. I that came to mind, and then I was like, no, not you. You know, generally unavailable, and then unhappy about the circumstances. Like, like here's a diva thing. It's like, 
Yeah, well, the business requirements aren't very strong, so I'm just gonna build something else until they land on my desk. It's kind of a diva thing. You don't do that? Fuck no. Oh. Fuck no, man. I'll, I don't like it, but I'll go to the business people and say, what are we doing? What's going on? All right. See, a diva, it says here, is a self-important person who is temperamental and difficult to please. I don't think I'm difficult to please. Uh, Sorry, what was the first item on there? Self-important person. So if you struck that out, then you fit the uh, you fit it perfectly. Temperamental and difficult to please. Yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you don't want to be in the build system because it's inconvenient. That makes you difficult to please, right? Oh, come on! No, like that is not fair because <laughs> if we have a fucking if the build system can only run when one fucking DevOps guy is in the office, then I do not want to participate in that system. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just common sense. Like, I'm just trying to preserve the company. Like, what if there was an emergency deployment that needed to go out and we couldn't do it? Because, all right, moving on. This isn't in the topic list anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what else is new, man? I've been preparing to move back to Seattle. Um, You know, I'm coming back to Seattle. Uh, Things didn't work out in San Francisco for me, after all. I don't know how much you want to get into this, but... Uh... Christina and I were talking about this the other day. Oh. She was wondering about when we were going to record the next show, and I was just like, well, I'm just kind of playing it by ear and, and letting letting you kind of guide the conversation because I didn't want to push you into something when you're already stressed out and whatever. So I was just like, you know, whenever he comes around and wants to do it, we'll do it. And she was like, well, are you going to talk about kind of what's going on with him and put that out there? And I was like, well, I don't, you know, that's totally up to him, I think. If it's, I think he's an open book, and I was like, I think he would be willing to talk about it, but obviously there's other parties at play, and she was making kind of the point that both of us now have a certain set of experiences that people, many people have to deal with, right? Not just us, and yeah, something that could be very, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, a lot of people could relate. Very relatable content, I guess, and it's very, uh, something that a lot of people understand, and have been through so yeah totally i i feel similarly i'm open book and uh you know to keep any suspense as to why i'm moving back i'm yeah i'm going through a divorce the relationship and married for 10 years and and dated for five more so it's been about 15 years uh all in and came out here in october to san francisco to support her in a in a job opportunity and things had in the last year have been topsy-turvy I would say like some some really good moments and some really not so good moments kind of wrapped into the whole year you know and I think things just came to a head uh, uh, recently within the last month or so and uh, yeah it, it was not an easy decision it's a place that we've been before like we've entertained this idea before but not very seriously and I think this time it just became apparent that like look there's just some serious differences we're not going to get past and it's not for lack of trying or for not seeking help. We've done all those things over the years. Um, and this just seemed like the right thing to do and the right time to do it. So, um, doesn't make much sense for me to stay down here since my work place is in Seattle and I have been going back every few weeks. So, uh, (laughs) 
sadly, it's more affordable to go back to Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad to think that's true, but it is true. So yeah, so for those reasons, I'm I'm coming back, and um, as difficult of a time as it's been, especially with the last six months and all the things going on in my life. You know, my my dad passed in in November, um, and I've had a few other things going on, and and now this. Um, I'm very eager to get back there and to get settled and to just have a, a stronger sense of normalcy in my day to day. Yeah, man. Like, uh, obviously, you know, we've known each other a long time. Um, I've been divorced as well. Uh, I knew you during that time. Yeah. And so obviously I'm bummed out for you and Lauren's relationship and that that didn't work out. But selfishly, I'm uh, very excited to have you back in the area. It's it's a little bit of an interesting scenario, I guess, for me, because I I always had kind of, I don't know what the best way to d- describe it would be. I've always kind of envied your guys' ability to kind of work through things, because I knew you guys had had various issues off and on. I, you know, I don't think you and I have ever really discussed in detail, you know, any issues or that sort of thing. That's not necessarily what I need to know. But generally speaking, I knew you had off and on problems, as does any relationship, but you always were able to seem to come to some sort of agreement or some sort of happy place. And I always kind of thought that was really, really awesome and, and you know, enviable, I guess, in in some respects, especially as I was going through some of the stuff that I went through uh, seven, eight, nine years ago, however long it's been now. Yeah, I would say that that's always been a strength of ours. I think that almost because of that, like we've had really good communication and I would say, you know, because of that, maybe it was, we were able to get to this point, um, to make this decision, you know, uh, we're still living together. Things are very amicable at this point, And I, I, I foresee it being that way. Um, because from our point of view, it's like, we want the best thing for each other. And that's not just doesn't happen to be us <laughs> right together. So, sure. so I, I still do agree with that, and I, I, I value like the level of communication we do have. Um, unfortunately, like we just have come to this realization that work, additional work, isn't going to fix some of the things that are broken. Well, I, you know, like I said, I indefinitely, I think it's unfortunate from the standpoint of, of you know, breaking up a very long relationship. Uh, selfishly, I'm glad to have you back here. For the Coffee Code cast, hopefully that means you have lots and lots of availability. Ha! (laughs) Uh, And you'll be back here in Seattle. We can actually do some shows together uh, in person, which will be kind of interesting and fun. We have a couple of ideas up our sleeve as to what we can do with that sort of thing. And even in addition to that, kind of prior to you having all the details lined up as far as how you were going to move and how you were going to get things from San Francisco to Seattle... I had offered to fly down and drive back with you, uh, assuming you were going to have to rent a U-Haul or something like that. Right. Well, it turns out that's not needed, uh, but we're still going to make the trip down, and we're going to make, yeah. make a drive up to Seattle and tote in a little bit of booze, maybe, make a couple of stops here and there, and check out some countryside. Who knows? Maybe we'll even uh, bring the... I have a little Tascam mobile uh, recording device. Maybe we'll even uh, put some... Put some clips together for the podcast. Who knows? Well, our good friend and listener, Dave Lester, you know, he's very encouraging that we actually record something in the vehicle, whether it's a little snippet or something. He said, you got to record something on the way up. <laughs> Maybe Put just it on the show. <laughs> People farting on the way up. I hope not. Not in my car, man. You'll be, sit- you'll be sitting. I'll get a sunroof and throw your ass up there. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> 
yeah, you know, he said, yeah, record a little bit up there. So bring the bring the Tascam. Why not? Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'm I'm happy for that. It'll be nice. Just to, that was kind of the idea, right? Is that even though it would have been nice, it would have been more practical to have you down there to bring stuff back. I think it was more important for me just that we had some one-on-one time, and you know, I, uh, you and I kind of had eh, not so much like. We just kind of went separate ways a little bit. I think we we're on good terms, but I just was doing my thing and you're doing yours when you were going through the stuff. And so I remember talking to you on the phone a few times when you were going through yours and, uh, but I don't think I really got into the nitty gritty of it. So maybe on the trip up, you know, we can do a deeper dive on some of these things. Cool. Looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. And I figure, uh, as appropriate, we can introduce some of these things and, and get into some of these things, uh, like Christina was saying, because we do have something that's probably relatable and it's a little vulnerable to share on a coffee and code cast, but I would like to get into some of it more at some point. But, you know, I think for now it's good just to say like, this is kind of what's happening and super excited to be in the same locale because then we can do some stuff together. I'm hoping to get um, you know, we've, we've been talking about bringing on other guests and so there's potential for all of us being together at the same time and place instead of having to try to do it over the web. And I think that'll be pretty cool too. Which I think, uh, leads us nicely into our, uh, first follow-up item here or show note item that we had on our, uh, show notes is that, uh, we were geeking out on some audio this morning, some audio, uh, both audio for the show itself and for, uh, recording devices. Cause I think you're interested in getting some new mics and and recording setup for uh, what will be your new place here in Seattle, right? Well, I may not have to. Uh, my my future purchases may not be subject to management approval. If you get what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I've got a pretty tall list of items that I'll be procuring in the next three to six months, probably. Yep, I'm uh, much the same way. I'm gonna probably upgrade from the old Blue Yeti to uh, a Shure mic. Probably not the one that you're looking at. That's a little more. Uh, that's a little more bachelor money right there, so I'm probably not going to make it that far, but we'll see. I'm looking at the Thriller mic. They what is it? The SM7B is the the sure mic that uh Michael Jackson sang Thriller. It's a notorious mic. It's it's been around forever. Great mic. But yeah, I was watching some demos today. Pretty cool stuff, but then it's not just the mic. You have to get the, the preprocessor amp. You have to amplify the thing and, you know, get a few other accessories with it. So it's kind of a bit of a package. But what I'm thinking I'll do is I'll get that for me. And because I don't have any acoustic treatments uh, currently or in the new place that I'll be, and I don't really want to spend the money on that, I'd rather just get the microphone that kind of handles it anyway. Uh, and then I still have the old blue snowball for the guests. Right. So I think we're both looking at, uh, what's called super cardioid mics. So what I use currently is a cardioid mic, but these ones are really, really sensitive. So if I do something in the room, like let's say here, I'm going to put my cup down on the desk. I'm sure that'll probably come through. As a matter of fact, I can see it on the waveform. Boom. Whereas the super cardioid mics, if I like would look sideways like this and keep talking, like it would pretty much lose my voice completely they're just that sensitive and that focused on exactly what you're saying so any kind of echoes or background noises or any of that kind of stuff should just go away naturally because the mics are just that much better that's right it's it's impressive and if you have a server running with a low hum in the background or birds chirping out the window all that shit goes away when you have one of these mics 
really without any post-production. It just filters it out from the get-go, which is really nice. Yeah, they sound really amazing. And speaking of audio, I want to apologize for the audio on episode, I guess it'd be 14. Yeah. Because as I listen back at it, I realized that the A, the volume was really, really low. So you had to crank it way up to be able to hear anything. And then the volume, I feel like, kind of went high and low uh, pretty frequently. Like it was really, really quiet and then really, really loud. And, and just overall, it wasn't very good quality. So I apologize for that. Um, this episode, I we were playing with some post-production uh, techniques. And I think it'll be a heck of a lot better for this episode. Well, you know, I keep referencing our good buddy Dave, but it doesn't really matter anymore. He was driving back from his long Easter weekend yesterday, so he doesn't really care at this point if it comes out or not. Because he wanted to drive back. He had no new episodes to listen to yesterday. Oh, so we only put out episodes when he road trips? (laughs) That's what he said. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, it's good. We're going to get... You know, we've been we've been very stop and go, uh, really, my because of uh, my dealings lately. So that's another thing that I hope to figure out here, too, is get on more solid footing and have a more consistent release schedule. Um, I, you know, shit comes in threes for me, at least anyway. And so I can't imagine anything else happening. I, I had the this is the third thing for me in the last six months. And so hopefully the final thing. And uh, if if things are boring and normal for the rest of the year, I'll be damn okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I would hope so, man. I mean, yeah, that's you've had a hell of a three or four months, I think, at this point. And I, I think I told you this here recently. There, I think about two episodes ago, there you were kind of lamenting how you <laughs> you were kind of in a bored rut or whatever, so you needed to take on something new and different. And I I was kind of re-listening to one of those recently, and I was just like, oh shit, man! If only you knew then. Bad idea. Don't ever <laughs> wish that type of shit on yourself, people. Like, I'm not a big believer in the secret, but that was some secret voodoo kind of bullshit that happened there. <laughs> I remember saying that. And, uh, oh boy, it did it come. Moving on. Uh, next up, we have some follow-up from Scott Hanselman, of all people. Mr. Hanselman, it's... Yeah, we were just talking about him last time. About We were talking about personas on social media, and if you have more of a general, this is who I am, and I have some business versus um, I have a separate business persona and a separate personal persona. We had some conversations around that, and uh, yeah, we you engaged him, I think, and you had a little bit of a conversation with him back and forth, which was kind of cool. Yeah, it was a pretty simple conversation. He just kind of uh, replied back, and um, I, I, I basically called him out and basically said, you know, hey, we had just talked about you today, and suddenly he created uh the Hansel Minutes Twitter handle and I was like, hey well we just talked about this today and here here you show up, you know, with the Hansel Minutes Twitter handle. And he was just kind of replying to that and saying, Well, I'm only doing it to post my episodes so that people can follow directly to Twitter for his podcast episodes and he's still gonna use his uh what's his what's his Hanselman yeah, S Hanselman. Uh, is his Twitter handle that he's going to use for everything else uh, and continue to post just like he was. So he's not really changing his content per se, but he is adding an additional channel to receive podcast feed. Cool. Yeah, it was good to hear from Ansem. I uh, like what he does. I like reading his blog. He's an interesting guy, and he's got some cool projects that he works on and uh, really good articles. And He's a Microsoft guy. I think he's in the Northwest. and uh, Oregon, I believe, yeah. 
down in Portland area. Yep. And, uh, yeah, really cool to hear from him. It's good to hear from anybody these days, but it was nice to hear from Scott Hanselman. Moving along. So last week we talked a little bit about Fortnite, which is a game that is available on quite a number of platforms. Uh, and we had talked about the, uh, battle Royale version of Fortnite coming to iOS beta, which I actually ended up getting, uh, an invite to. Uh, shortly after the episode aired, and I was able to try it out, and it it's pretty incredible how well... I mean, I can't notice any kind of lag. I don't notice any kind of r- restrictions of any kind. In fact, you can play against PC players or against Xbox players from your phone if you so choose to do so. You're probably at a pretty hel- healthy disadvantage, but you are able to do that, and it's uh, smooth as can be, and it's pretty incredible, so... Uh, I highly recommend checking that out if you're into games at all. Uh, additionally to that, we talked about another game called Player Unknown Battlegrounds, also known as PUBG, who also has released their version of their game on iOS, and they've also made it to Android, which uh, Fortnite has not yet made it to Android. So similar games, um, both of them have come out on mobile, which is kind of just crazy to me, but uh, definitely recommend checking them out if you want to play some games and uh, play some 100, 1 versus 100 Battle Royale. Alright, top story of the day! Ho! Oh, story of the day or story of the week? Well, I guess it is the week. Probably the week is more uh, impressive. Top story of the week has 251,000 upvotes. For comparison, the last time we recorded the the show the uh, episode 14, the story we did there I think had 140,000 upvotes. So this one is killing it. Crushing it. Yeah, this is a huge story and there's multiple other variants of this story that are in the top 10. So Yeah, that's right. And this one, particular one is in the videos subreddit uh, and it's titled, This is what happens when one company owns dozens of local news stations. Yeah, they're talking about Sinclair, a uh, media company who owns, they own like 70 stations. Is that right? 70? Is that, there's got to be more than that. And there's some talk of buying additional additional stations, which would give them even a bigger majority. Right, so they're in talks right now uh, or in some sort of negotiations to buy another conglomerate, yeah, which would give them, I think I'm pretty certain, the largest market share of local uh, television stations in in the United States. And so what this particular video is, is it's a... Somebody took and grabbed uh, a video feed from each of the stations that this company owns, and this company puts out a, what would you say, a scripted um, news piece that each of the affiliates all have to read verbatim. So he took each of them, each of those segments and then spliced them together kind of one after the other after the other so that the whole thing flows, but it's read by different people. Or yeah, even- it's a montage of all these stations reading this, uh, this script that was that was kind of sent down from corporate. Uh, what addressing fake news in the media? Yeah, basically talking about how uh, it's bad for the bad for America to have these biased news stories being thrown out there and repeated by 
social media and by, you know, national news media, which is a little bit ironic considering that's pretty much exactly what they're doing. And false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media outlets publish and publish these same stories without checking facts first. Unfortunately, some members of the media use their platforms to push their own personal bias and agenda to control exactly what and this, this is, is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. Yeah, it was a troubling video. I, you sent it to me, and I was like, oh, this is interesting to take a look. And sure enough, uh, when you see dozens and dozens of stations, very, like, you know, 1984-like, like all reading, chanting the same thing at the same time, it was just a very creepy video to watch yes yeah, it's, it's really really disturbing especially when they kind of because at some point they kind of put on as like a big um, mosaic set of tiles like each individual station and they're all saying the exact same thing at the exact same time it's really freaking creepy yeah at least so this, some of the some of the lines from the script the sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media some members of the media use their platforms to push their own personal bias. And this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. Yeah. And they repeat that about 50 times at the end of the clip. Yeah. Um, you know, the very first thing that, that I saw about this story, you know, is of course this particular news organization skews kind of pro Trump yeah, or, right. or pro Republican or conservative uh, group. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'll be honest, like, Although I'm not a uh, conservative, that that really doesn't bother me as much. Like if this was a Democratic company, like a company that leans Democratic, I would have an equal amount of problem with it. So like the, the politics of the thing really don't bother me that much. It's more the fundamental problem of just like having this blanket uh, opinion being thrown at people from a very, very high level and and... If you look at like national polls, news uh, people tend to trust local news media a lot more than national news media. So like this is hmm. particularly troubling in this case because you're now funneling like a very specific message to millions. I think the they counted like this these this conglomerate can cover like 2.2 million people or something like that on an average night. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty widespread. I mean, it's everywhere. If you look at the list of stations, you look at the cities that they're talking about. It covers every city. It covers every network. It is, yeah, it's not just restricted to uh, Fox News or NBC. It's all of them. No, not at all. And even here in Seattle, uh, Como News, which is one of the the kind of three or four big players in the news market here, is is owned by this company and is forced to run those stories. But apparently, in in kind of a subtle uh, fuck you, I guess they tend to run them at about four thirty in the morning. <laughs> ah, sure. Yeah. So. Other things that these guys do that's a little bit troubling, like I watched another article actually after this, like I, I watched the YouTube video itself, and then immediately after that was a PBS documentary type um, news article about the same thing, and they started showing, like, they have this thing called like the terrorist alert desk or something like that, that each of the stations also have to do on a regular basis, and it's like completely absurd 
because one of the examples that they showed on there... Oh, no, this was John Oliver, I think, that actually this well, I was watching this on. Anyway, one of the examples was a woman out on the beach in, like, her headscarf or head covering, whatever. I'm not sure exactly what they call them. But basically, just because it was an Arab woman in a headscarf on a beach, like, that was on their terrorism news desk. Oh, boy. Like, there was really no terrorism involved. I think it even dealt with, like, they were going to ban headscarves on the beach or i don't know exactly it was something stupid like that that was completely unrelated to terrorism it was just complete like racism out and out racism and i was just like wow this is this is crazy unbelievable so there you go i don't know what else we can really say about it. uh story of the day it's kind of our sad state of our country at this point but uh hopefully hopefully the uh merger between these two companies doesn't go through because uh that just shouldn't be allowed and so this is another instance where uh what the hell is the guy's name ajit patel or whatever is that his name the fcc pi pi there you go the a-hole from the fcc that's right so he is also responsible for this merger potentially going through because he also threw out another law that would have originally prevented this from occurring in the first place so yet another stellar piece to put on his uh record yeah they had a there was a they tried to limit the monopoly, in other words, of you know one company owning a majority of stations. I think it was limited to a minority, around thirty-five or forty percent. It's the largest they could get, and he helped overturn that so they could get much larger than that. Which um, it's unfortunate on many levels. Like just what you saw on this video is very disturbing. The fact that they can expand even larger is even more disturbing. And then there's there's a lot of the the journalists the journalists themselves are really in a bind right now because they signed some really awful contracts that say they can't even quit. If they're on the news station, they want to leave, then they're going to be subject to pay a certain percentage of their salary for quitting under certain conditions. And so um, it's just a really difficult situation all around. Yep. Yeah. I don't know what else we can really say about it. That's the, that's the story of the day. Story Check of the out week. the video. Check out the video. If you haven't seen it yet, we'll post that in the show notes and the links. And that is a, uh, you'll read it. Story of the week. Let's move on to the news. Yeah, I fucked with the news a little bit. I popped in a couple items I wanted to talk about. Well, let's talk about what you want to talk about. We always talk about what I want to talk about. Yeah, well, that's because you always do a good job of putting together notes before the show. And I uh, usually just pull them open when the, we start recording and say, oh, this is what we're talking about today. All right. That's true, that? true diva style right there. Oh, fuck. He had to bring that back in again. No, dude, it's it's delegation. You do such a great job. Why do I want to f- try to improve on a great process? It's already working so well. <laughs> I don't. I, I I sense some fucking sarcasm. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You actually do a really good job of putting it together. And uh, I always, despite my best intentions, like I always say, oh yeah, I'm gonna get in there, and then something comes up. Like I had to do a TCPA request today, at the end of the day, and that was the time that I was gonna go in there and try to find some material. Anyway. I want to talk the stock market. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, big news, technology and stocks. The, the, you know, the stock market's been on a deep decline. It's been a rough few weeks in the market. So, but yeah, but technology is, is one of the main drivers behind the big plunge in the stock market. And we talked about the fangs before, the famous, the notorious fangs. There's five of them. Uh, the F-A-A-N-G's now, I think the last time we talked about it, I think the second A got added later, but it's Facebook, uh, 
Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Google, which really should be the triple A's because Google's alphabet, but there's still the G in the thing. Whatever. Uh, yeah, so the thing stocks have lost roughly $400 billion in market cap since March 12th, so that's only about 20 days ago. Don't look at your, if you're a 401k investor, don't look at your, I made the mistake of looking. It was a bad idea. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm trying not to. I'm not going to change my position. I think I, I trained myself for these moments, right? Like don't pull out. I'm not, I'm not retiring anytime soon. So I have no reason to worry about this. Like by the time I need that money, my share values will be way back where they were before this happened and even higher, hopefully. Uh, so I'm not. I'm, there's no cause for concern here, but it is a good time to buy. Uh, I, I'm i more of the Warren Buffett style of just to don't make any drastic moves and just keep buying. Just keep doing your thing. Keep doing what you do. I'm not going to try to time the market or try to dump a bunch of money into the stock market right now either. I'm just going to keep making my normal 401 contributions and um, business as usual. Yeah, we're due for a contraction. I mean, it's been completely stellar gains year over year for a while so that's not going to continue indefinitely for sure nothing nothing continues on an upward trend like that so uh, we're definitely due for correction which is pretty much all i see this as being and i think god damn it i'm behind a fucking paywall for the wall street journal motherfuckers you gotta Uh, pay for that man i gotta get you my login well off the record (laughs) well i do know that uh we're going to talk about Tesla here in a little bit, uh, but they are contributing healthily to the slide that you're uh, talking about here. So, so they they probably are. Uh, this is the. Let me send this over to you really quick so you can see this because unfortunately you're getting paywalled. Don't share it because that's not the cool. You're not supposed to do that. Don't share. Pay for your content, folks. Pay for your content or talk to somebody who has no login. Uh. Yeah, so defanged is kind of the headline of the little. This is Wall Street Journal. This is an article that came out the other day and it's showing the some of the big losses the five major technology companies have suffered. And so Amazon at the top of the list. And this is, you know, no thanks to Trump either. Trying to, you know, his little spat with Jeff uh, Bezos right now. But um, but yeah, Amazon lost $109 billion. They're at the top of that list. So almost uh, 25% of the the defanged companies came from Amazon's losses. Alphabet was right behind them with 108 billion. And then, uh, Facebook lost 85 billion, Apple 76 billion, Netflix 17. Netflix is just crushing it these days. Yeah, they are doing some, some kick ass. Well, I mean, they always have been, right? I don't think they've ever had too much of a problem. Well, what I'm referring to, if you remember back in the day, this was probably five years ago now, they adjusted their pricing model and a lot of people were pissed off. Like they raised prices and people were, their stock took a hit. They had a whole whole thing there where it was like really dicey what was going to happen with Netflix for a while. I don't think it was like, I don't think it was so dire they were going to shut the doors, but they definitely took a big hit and had some negative publicity for a while. And... Then they just went on a run creating all this content. Really the pioneers of content creation online, right? From a from a not a major network. And they've made some huge investments there. And I mean, now they're just bulletproof, it seems like. 
They've uh, they've been innovators several times over now, right? When you think about, they started out in the DVD business, you know, sending DVDs through the mail, USPS. Yeah. I used then, to do that. Yeah, right. So did I. And then they hopped to online streaming. They were kind of the pioneer for that in terms of like large and mass streaming. And then now they've jumped even from that to creating original series and original content. And they were kind of one of the leaders to do that as well. So. They're totally. definitely pushing the envelope all the time, although they don't, you know, it's not as sexy, I guess, as maybe a Google or an Amazon or something like that who's pumping out products uh, at a pretty rapid clip, but they definitely are, are swaying the industry quite heavily. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Yes, sir. Uh, so anyway, I just wanted to point that out. Don't panic, people. It'll rebound. It'll come back. It's just a correction. But, um, but yeah, I mean, tech definitely leading the charge of this this slide. Big money being lost too. Four hundred billion dollars in just a in just a couple weeks. I mean, that's crazy. Not mentioned here, uh, like I mentioned earlier, is is Tesla stock, which took a pretty heavy hit this week because uh, Tesla is not meeting their numbers for the Tesla Model Three, uh, which I have on pre order. Have you gotten any updates as a customer on what's going on with that? Not really, other than I can get on and find out kind of when my estimated delivery date would be. But beyond that, not really. They they do send out an email every once in a while kind of touting this or that, but nothing definitive saying, you know, we're sorry, we're this far behind or anything like that. So, But I did see that Elon is now kind of, that's like his primary focus, like 100% focus is trying to get the the... The ramping up of the, the Model 3 line up to snuff and get the shareholders happy with them and, and so on and so forth. Because, yeah, they took a pretty healthy hit in their stock. I don't have the official amount in front of me, but I know their stock is down overall like for the past several weeks. Um, primarily because of that and the kind of their just dire earnings, I guess you might say, because, you know, they're spending money left and right. So people are freaking out. Right. Yeah. They're, I mean, really, they're comparatively, they're not as bad off, but they have dropped some value. I think their market cap was like around 59 bills. They probably lost like, and it says 47 billion market cap. They, they were at like 330 at the beginning of the month, and now they're down to 250. So, yeah, I mean, some significant losses for them as well. Elon didn't help matters when he took that April Fool's picture. Did you see him holding that <laughs> yeah, I did. cardboard sign saying bankrupt? <laughs> Whoops. And I think that lost 5% of the yeah. company. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Joke's on you, man. I Here's the deal, though. I am not, this is not the popular opinion right now, but I actually, uh, I'm actually very bullish on Tesla. I think there's a lot of people that are expecting them. This is not a new thing either. Like there have, for, since the beginning of time with Tesla, there have been uh, a loud, group of folks who have doubted them from the beginning. And I think that it's grown stronger. I think right now, especially because I'm hitting the production numbers. I mean, they had a bad week last week. They had, you know, they've consistently been missing their production numbers on the model three. That's one thing that's been ongoing, but then they had, we'll talk about in a little bit, like this autopilot accident last week. They also had a recall on a large number of vehicles for like some kind of what power steering issue or something, some kind of, massive recall on the vehicles and so i think the combination of those things plus the little april fool's joke gone bad <laughs> it was just a bad 10 days for the company also uh throw into that mix is so solar city which was an acquisition that Te uh, tesla made 
uh, yes. which produces their solar panels that they created, um, is also struggling very, very hard because of some of the things that President Trump has put into place dealing with solar imports, right? So now that's also a very large negative on the books that they didn't have before. So, and that is a, uh, I believe, a sub company of Tesla. Right. That's true. That's right. Yeah. So they have a few blemishes, a few strikes right now. Uh, but I, I'm a big believer in Elon Musk. I think he's going to get through this. I think that in times past when things have been rough, he's pulled through. He, he, I, did you see his big salary potential that he put out there? His, his structure for pay? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, I don't have it in front of me, so I don't remember all the numbers, but it was a very aggressive structure, but effectively says that he doesn't get paid anything unless he hits some mega targets over the next several years, and there's a few different milestones. But he did the same thing in his previous contract negotiation with the board and and was successful. So um, this isn't the first time that he's been down and out and people thought that they were going to go under or have like a big flop, and then something happens, and holy shit, like they turn things around, and then they start picking up momentum and i think that's going to happen again i i actually would like to see how low this thing goes and maybe even get a few shares of tesla stock and just see what happens i'm not going to do anything crazy that i can't live with but i I really do think they're going to pull through and i think they're going to come out ahead in this thing i although i didn't tend to agree with you on that i you know even if they didn't they've pushed the market so far forward uh that they've basically done what what Elon had set out to do because I know originally way back when he indicated that real look he really didn't want to form a company what he wanted to do is form technology or push technology along because the the big automakers weren't doing it and so right. this was his attempt to force them to do it which I think he's done uh, actually I know he's done uh, so even if it did fail I think he's accomplished his mission but I'm definitely with you I think I'm very bullish on them as well um, I wouldn't. I have investment in them actually, uh, more through mutual funds, not direct investment. But um, so yeah, I, I have high confidence that his products will continue to move along and continue to be sold. People love them, man. I mean, you 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 go over here to Bellevue in uh, in Washington, which is basically a suburb of Seattle, more or less, or part of the metropolitan city, and it's just Tesla after Tesla after Tesla. Everybody's driving the damn things, you know. They're everywhere. So clearly, there's no lack of funds. Clearly, people love them. Uh, they do need to get their service division uh, updated a little bit. I have a buddy that uh, rear-ended somebody in one of those things, and I think he had to have the car in the shop for something like five months before he could did get he it get back. Did he get that fucking car back yet? I remember like this a long time ago. Yeah, he did. He did finally get it back, but I think... Because of that bad experience now, he does want to get rid of it. Uh, although he loves the car itself, he just can't handle the service time. So hopefully they can get some more service shops on board that can handle working on these things. But beyond that, I think I agree. I, I think they have nowhere to go but up personally. Well, I think that comes around when you get this production line issue fixed and you start mass producing these cars, then there's that's going to come, right? You're going to see more charging stations. They're already talking about putting charging stations at every dealership, high-speed ones. Um, there's other things happening in the, in the chain there. So I think it's just a matter of time and they are having some issues, but they're working through them and their numbers aren't that far off either. I, from what I heard, they actually were shooting for a target of 2,500 a week. They were hitting close to 2000 a week. So it's not like they're only making five. Uh, they're actually doing the work. There's just some issues that they need to figure out and they will. Yeah. 
So kind of what you alluded to earlier, they did have some other bad news dealing with their autonomous driving function uh, called Autopilot, in which a Tesla Model X was being used in Autopilot mode, and Tesla came out, and uh, that Autopilot was indeed engaged when this collision happened and, and killed someone. Um, I don't have a lot of details regarding this particular accident, but there was another incident uh, dealing with Uber that made some pretty major headlines, probably more so headlines than Tesla did, uh, dealing with one of their autonomous driving cars in Arizona that killed a woman. And in fact, there's even some video online where you can even see the driver, well, not the driver, but the person that was monitoring the vehicle uh, all the way up to the point of impact, and then the video cuts off. But Yeah, I saw that pretty bad, pretty bad uh, clip, even with the edited version there. Kind of a bad week, yeah, for autonomous vehicles. Um, but I think you, these things kind of get blown out of proportion, I think, a little bit. when you, If you were to consider the number of vehicle deaths that happened on the same day, <laughs> it, you know, the numbers would be just astronomical compared to these two over the course of a week. Um, not to say that that's okay. I mean, obviously, no, no deaths are great, but um, I think they do kind of get blown out of proportion. Uh, just because it's a new technology and people are kind of freaked out by it. A couple of interesting things about that that I'll say is one is that both of those incidents had uh, human pilots behind the wheel. So there were it wasn't just the cars themselves. There were actually human drivers behind the wheel, but perhaps uh, not paying attention. I know in the case of the Tesla uh, driver that, that he wasn't because there was some warning you know, you have to touch the steering wheel every so many seconds. Otherwise, it'll warn you and then it'll pull over. Uh, in that case, like the warning warnings had been going off because he hadn't touched the wheel in five or six seconds. Um, in addition to that, this uh, individual was in a prior accident with the Tesla. And so some of the crash sensors uh, were not functional. Oh, because, uh, previous accident didn't get it fixed kind of a thing. So that could be more of a negligence piece than it is like a faulty autopilot. Although I think it's, you know, it brings up a lot of other issues. Like, should we have autopilot mode working if you don't have all the crash sensors on? And I don't know. It's it's going to, yeah, they're going to scrutinize the hell out of this. And I think like there's good reason for it, but I do agree that it's overstated as well. There's some stats that I pulled up on this too. And, and as, as far as um all vehicles are concerned across the board there's a fatality every 86 million miles uh in the united states i don't know how long it takes to do that but uh but for tesla they've only had one fatality with a pedestrian and that is uh every 320 million miles so they're already like almost four times safer um than than a standard vehicle and their claim is that even if we just accepted this the autopilot, the current level of technology that it possesses, uh, you'd still be saving about 900,000 lives a year. Um, and of course they won't accept that. I'm sure there's going to be many more improvements that are made before in enhancements before you see these things hit the road. So, um, not a good day for autonomous driving, but I'm not, um, going to buy into the argument either that it should be discontinued or that it's a reason why we shouldn't have it. I think that human drivers are way uh, bigger variable than than the autopilot, and we'll figure it out. Yeah, of and course. It's, al- it's already pretty damn good, and it's going to get a lot better. Yep, 
So swinging back kind of to the Uber inc- uh, incident, the same applies to that. The, if you watch the video, the Uber driver definitely was not looking at the road during the impact or a- up to the point of impact. I think he noticed it, you know, a second before it happened type of thing. So, um, but what's interesting is I did read or see an article from another company, kind of one of these companies that can run um, identification software on a video or on an image where, you know, they can identify objects in an image or in a video in real time. Um, So they took the grainy video that was released, same video that you saw that I saw, uh, and they were able to identify the the woman in the roadway a full second before the uber you know uber car identified it wow so even even from a shitty grainy video which the uber car should have a much 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 better set of sensors and video to to work off of they were able to identify it faster than the uber technology was so <laughs> that just shows you uh how behind the uber technology uh is in terms of autonomy Wow. So from everything that I've read, I'm pretty sure they've, A, removed themselves from Arizona and they're not driving any longer in Arizona. And I thought... Or Cali. I thought I had read that maybe they were even scrapping the program altogether, but I could be incorrect about that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember that part. may slow their program. Okay, so they didn't kill it, but it's apparently going to slow it down heavily. And they were already behind to begin with, so... Anyway... Uh, yeah, bad day for autonomous driving. Uh, like you said, I don't think it's going to slow it down at all. I think it's still going to be moving forward. The only thing that would slow it down is if uh, government regulators kind of got freaked out by this and started throwing all kinds of regulation roadblocks in the way and, and that sort of thing, which I could easily see that happening. I hope it doesn't because I think this is something that we definitely could use and and it's pretty critical uh, as we kind of get more and more people on the roads and in these big cities, especially uh, country areas or rural era, rural areas. Uh, like I, where I grew up, uh, this isn't such a big deal, but but in the big cities, uh, definitely is a major major thing. Well, I think the push for safety is critical. It's super important, and uh, we need to do that. That's an, that's an important piece of this whole thing working out and proving itself. I think it's interesting too, though. There's quite a double standard at play. Autonomous, and I think they knew this going in from the beginning. Is that autonomous driving was always going to have a much higher bar. Uh, than, than the current standards. I mean, people get behind the wheel under the influence of drugs and alcohol and all kinds of shit, sleep-deprived, right? I mean, there's all kinds of variables at play. Um, good drivers, bad drivers, road conditions with shitty people on the roads that don't know how to drive, and we, we don't have systems in place to, to um, mitigate those uh, accidents. I mean, there's safety systems, but how good are they compared to some of these systems that are in place is my point. So while they're putting a high bar on them, I think if there's a, some good to that, I think it's also an unfair um, comparison because human driving is always going to be the bigger variable. And that's been uh, Elon Musk's uh, description the whole time is is basically saying, when I can prove to you via numbers and stats that this car can outdrive a human, which... I think those numbers are already present. Already? He's, yeah, he's, that's basically when he said, I will fully turn on autonomous driving and make it available to the public. So uh, clearly we're getting very, very close to that. If, if we haven't already in, you know, encroached over it, probably already have. But uh, just out of an abundance of caution, I think they're not just turning it on for everything and everybody. But uh, yeah, I think we are very, very close to being 
being there at this point. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. That's a wrap in the news. Moving on, let's talk about some podcast apps. I'm a little curious. Do you what do you what do you listen to your podcasts on? I'm not really a big podcast listener. Am I allowed to say that on this show? God damn it. Why would you say that? I don't even know if I listened to the last episode. Fuck, man. I do all this work to put together your show, and you <laughs> don't even fucking listen to it. I just like to hear what everybody else thinks about it. Well, nobody's saying nothing, so it's pretty... Yeah, they're not saying a whole lot. <laughs> I haven't made any of those cool videos lately to get any viewership. Yeah, man, you gotta. Uh, you need to make one of those and show off your new uh, feminine f- physique there. Well, feminine, what the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> physique, dude. I am cleaning up a little bit, though. Getting my shit together. Got to get my shit together, man. I'm in a different, uh, you know, pretty soon. Um, my ex and I, are kind of, we're going to be changing statuses, and so you got to kind of get get back into that mode, right? That's scary. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I would handle today's technology in, you know, dating world and that sort of thing. Very, very, can- very, very different. I assure you the way I'm going to handle it is by not participating for the n- near future. I, I'm going to very much enjoy my single status and alone time and all those things. And, and uh, yeah. No, I think that's a good thing. I, I think that's a great thing. But, yeah, not a podcast listener. Why not? Why don't you uh, – have you not uh, dabbled in the world of podcasts? No, I have. I used to be a big podcast listener. I think the problem for me right now is uh, – finding time to consume it. I don't like listening to that stuff at the desk. I, I don't like listening to anything with words or lyrics or like you can listen to morning program and, and work. And I don't know how that, I can't do that. It doesn't work for me to do that. So I'm limited to workouts and that sort of thing. And I usually don't bring anything on a run. I got I, I will probably change that. And so my podcast listening will probably go up because we, you and I were talking about the, the Phoenix from Garmin and some of the different products for, you know, GPS and, and running and that sort of thing. I don't have anything like that right now. And so usually what I'll do is just leave all my stuff at home and go solo. No technology. Uh, so yeah, I think if I get the watch and maybe find a better, that's the other thing too. I haven't really landed on a good set of headphones that I can listen to. I, when I was doing some treadmill running over the winter, I tried listening with just the corded phones and that's just a big fucking mess because then, like, I just have a phone and I don't – if I would have had, like, the armband for my phone, then maybe I could have, like, handled that better. But I had the phone on the treadmill and then the, the wired phones and I kept getting tangled up in it and that kind of thing. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But I don't have a good setup for listening to audio when I'm working out. Well, I guess the reason that I brought this up is I've had two instances now where I've talked to people about – listening to podca- podcasts, and one of them was actually Joseph Boley, who's been on this show before, and he originally was listening to all of his podcasts through Spotify, which, that's okay. I didn't know you could even do that. <laughs> so You can some. Uh, they only allow a certain amount of podcasts, like you have to have a certain subscriber base, or I don't know what their limiting factor is, but not everybody can, can uh, put their podcasts on Spotify, so it's a limited platform in that respect. But um, he was listening through that, and he was listening to our show, and we obviously were not in Spotify, so we were kind of outside of his range. So I had recommended to him the app called Pocket Casts, which is a 
cross-platform application for listening to podcasts. And I think that kind of blew his mind uh, as to what a good podcast app looks like. And I guess what I mean by that is he, you know, he would go and actively peruse what was new. So like if he wanted to go see that the Coffee Code cast had something new, he would actually go there, look at it and and see what was if we had released an episode or, you know, same thing with all his other people that he liked to subscribe to. And he didn't get any kind of notifications when there was new episodes. Um, Dark ages over there. Jesus, man. I thought these new these young kids like knew all the technology. (laughs) Well. I mean, the app that I use, I use one called Overcast. I've also used Pocket Cast before, but if it's a good podcast app, like last episode, for instance, we talked about the, uh, on the Reddit story of the week was the Cliff Bar guy, and that was yes. that was an image. So as you listen to the podcast, if you were looking at your phone, the actual like album art switches during the podcast at that moment to the actual picture of that Cliff Bar uh, that we were oh, referencing. Oh, wow. So you can actually get some kind of like help as you look through or listen to the podcast to understand like what it is we're talking about. Um, it supports things called chat like chapters. So you can like if, if you don't want to listen to this bullshit about podcasts, bam, you can like hit fast forward and it'll skip you to the next segment or the previous segment. Like there's all these great features that are built into podcasting apps that are actually good podcasting apps. And I've had a number of people now where they are they're either just like physically downloading the files and like pulling them into Windows Media Player or something shitty like that instead of it using an actual manager to manage the podcast. And I was just kind of taken aback by that, and I didn't realize that not that many people used actual podcast players. Yeah, I I, uh, I don't have enough experience with that. I mean, anytime I've looked into our stuff, I've done, like, SoundCloud, I think. What did I pull up on here? Uh, yeah, SoundCloud. I think I found it just one time on my Apple TV by searching podcast app. Oh, you're you're using the Apple the iTunes, uh, Apple podcast app. Yeah, my Apple TV. I've listened to one before. Yeah, I don't have a consistent experience with the podcast. I don't have something that I just listen on my Android phone or whatever, whatnot, you know. So I'm looking at the Pocket Cast you're talking about right now. Uh, that looks that looks interesting. That's a paid version for four bucks. I don't know if I'd want to spring four bucks for it yet, but. Uh, yeah, so the nice thing about it is as soon you basically put in all your subscriptions that you want to subscribe to, you can subscribe via either they're like they have a library, you know, that you can search through podcasts, you can enter like a, an RSS URL if you have a specific URL you want to enter, um and it manages the library for you. So as you accrue these podcasts, it'll eventually like start saying, "Hey, well, there's a new episode of Coffee Codecast. Go download it and give me a notification that there's a new episode." Right? Stuff like yep. that. Um, yeah. which, you know, the Apple podcast app does do that as well, but it doesn't do some of the other, uh, content related features that I mentioned where it changes kind of the album art to what, what you're talking about. And I don't know that it supports chapters either. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's a, a ton of different apps out there with a ton of varying level of functionality. And I was just kind of, like I said, taken aback by the primitive nature of some people's podcast listening habits. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm I'm one of those guys. I'm really surprised that old bully, the old sticky fingers, as I like to call him these days, uh, hasn't had a lot of experience with the podcasting apps. He is a bit of a klepto, huh? Guy was stealing all my shit. You know, we we're talking about curved monitors at my desk when I'm not there. He the guy was taking all my gear. Took my did he take my keyboard and mouse? I don't know what he took. Took my monitor. He definitely took the monitor. You know, uh, and I don't think he noticed until he came clean on it. 
Well, he didn't come clean on anything. I called him. I called him out. <laughs> I had some intel. I had some insider intelligence on the ground doing a little recon work for me, and I found out old Sticky Fingers came in and took my monitor, my 4K monitor for, from me. And all I, I didn't know that it was gone. All I knew is that when I'd plug in my new laptop with it, it looked like shit, and I couldn't figure out what was wrong, if it was a refresh rate problem or the cable or something or what. But something was definitely not up to par with my usual experience. Well, that just leaves the hole open to uh, mess with the bully at a later date. Yeah, well, that's going to be an ongoing given there. That's not going to change anytime soon. <laughs> well, you can uh, contact us on Twitter. You can contact Mike. Oh, you're going to have to change your Twitter name. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do about that. I like Chipper SF, dude. I don't want to change it to Chipper SEA. I could do that. Chipper C. Well, you can contact Mike at Chipper SF. You can contact me at Kyle P. Johnson, and you can contact the show at Coffee Code Cast, or use the hashtag Ask3C, and we would definitely appreciate if people would reach out and uh, engage. Uh, you can use the email coffeecodecast at gmail.com. Uh, you can hit us up on www.coffeecodecast.com, or subscribe to us at SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes. Tune in, give us a rating. Like us, share us, help us out, spread the word. We would be eternally grateful. If your friends are listening to, trying to listen to podcasts on Spotify, they're not going to be able to check us out. So tell those mofos to check out one of these subscriptions instead. went to the movies i was busy that's why we couldn't we couldn't record last week dude i went to the movies uh last wednesday i went to the premiere of uh, ready player one saw that at my my local amc imax it was cool i saw it in imax 3d i've heard nothing but good reviews from this movie so far i definitely want to see it 
although I know really nothing about it because I didn't read the book. But yeah, I'm uh, excited to hear your critique. I read the book and I enjoyed the movie. I think that's my critique in a nutshell. I know that there's some... I have a friend who's really nervous about going to see the movie because like, without giving anything away, like there were definitely some changes from the book, right? It like definitely wasn't a hundred percent on topic. Um, but for me, I'm more into, I'm okay with that. I just think being a huge eighties guy, the, the soundtrack, like the references, there had to be close to a half a dozen eighties movie references in the movie, which was just super cool to see all that stuff. Like the back to the future type stuff. And there was a, a clip from The Shining in there and some other things. It was really fun. And uh, I think it was two and a half hour movie. Two, a, little, a little over two. But very enjoyable. It went by really quickly and, and it was fun. I Yeah. I haven't seen, like I said, I haven't seen the movie. and, and But I will say that speaking of your 80s references, I did finish. I stayed up last night till about, uh, I don't know, one thirty maybe. Oh, and uh, I know that's old for an old guy or late, late for an old guy. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I did stay up to uh, finish off Stranger Things, which also has quite a number of 80s references in it. So I'm told I haven't gotten into that one yet. I think I saw the first part of one episode, but I've just been distracted with things. I'd like to get into it, though. It's not bad. Uh, I, I enjoyed most of the episodes, uh, it, but yeah, same thing applies. I like last night, I think they were bringing Tupperware to some party and like it was like an old 80s style Tupperware that like I think my grandma and my mom both had or something, you know, and I was very yep. recognizable. I was like, fuck, we had that exact same thing. That's crazy. You know, stuff like that happens quite a lot in there. And it's kind of just nostalgia, I guess. There's a lot of nostalgia in this in this film. So even if you don't know what's going on, I think you can enjoy it. And uh, it was Spielberg. So it was just really well done. The. 3D effects were very cool. The whole thing was just great. And they kind of bounce around between, um, you know, it's a, it's about virtual reality, a, a dystopian future where the escape is getting into this virtual world and there's a contest that's happening in the virtual world. And so they move, they go back and forth from like the real world to the virtual world. And I just liked the whole thing, the way they did it. It was really cool. Yeah, I was excited when I heard Spielberg was going to do it because I knew generally he doesn't put out a bad movie. I mean... So it no. it was probably it'd probably be even if I don't you know know much about the book I figured it would be a pretty good movie regardless. Yeah, go see it. Or if you don't see it by the time I uh, see you, then I'll go see it again. I enjoy. It. I ever thought it was great. I'd do it again. I'd be down for that. We could do that on our way back up. You know, we could stop in some podunk town on I five somewhere and uh, go watch a movie. There you go. <laughs> Hit up the strip club. Hey, we got plenty of booze to bring in at that point <laughs> anyway. We'll have a whole trunk full of it, so. That is the real, that is the other part of the mission, you know, is going, we got a big booze run. I mean, we're going to have a whole trunk full of shit to bring up. <laughs> yeah. wonder, uh, yeah. What's, uh, there's, I can't imagine there's any legalities about bringing that across state lines, is there? Well, we might want to air this episode after we've made it successfully. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I mean, we're certainly not going to be stopped by any border patrol, so I don't know that we're really going to get an inspection. But yeah, I mean, we're bringing up a big haul. So, <laughs> especially if, if I mean, my order by itself is going to be significant, and I think you know, if the Wasserman's is going to put an order in. You heard those guys talking earlier today. They might be doing some stuff, huh? Yeah, I think they're going to have a couple boxes that they're going to require. 
Is that him and Doug and some others? Or? Yeah, him and Doug. Nice. Yeah, old Doug, you know, I saw him in San Francisco a couple weeks ago. He was on vacation down here. So we uh, got together for a little little brunch and coffee. And I know some of his favorites now. He really likes the Bodine sourdough. So I told him, I said, we got room for a few loaves of sourdough. We could pick <laughs> some of those up for you. There you go. And uh, he really likes the almond croissants over at Tartine. So, you know, we could make a couple of pit stops before we get out of town on the uh, 27th. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this, man. I think this is going to be a fun trip. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be really good. Uh, we uh, got a few errands to do, and then it'll hit the open road Friday afternoon, and who the hell knows what else will happen after that. 